It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Phoenix Suns after losing to the Detroit Pistons. But Alexei Pokashevsky does record a triple-double. What does that mean for his future, and where do the Thunder stand after a interesting weekend heading into the final week of the NBA regular season? Find out on today's show on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by betonline.net. We're going to dive into the Thunder knocking off the Suns after losing to the Pistons. Poku messed around and got a triple-double. Olivier Saar made five three-pointers and where the Thunder sit right now ahead of the NBA draft lottery. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered for this season for the props, the odds, the lines more than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. What a topsy-turvy weekend. You got the thrilling result of losing to the Pistons in an ultimate tank battle where Cade Cunningham plays like five minutes and the Pistons start their kind of regular lineup, and then at their first rotational substitution, they never put them back in. And you still were able to lose that game. And there was a brief moment in time, there was a brief moment in NBA history where the Thunder were at number three on tankathon.com, which of course would give them tied for the best odds at the top overall pick. You want to be in the bottom three. And you head into the game against the Suns. And it's announced that Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder would be resting. But Chris Paul, who's done so much for this organization, is going to play against the Thunder. And you thought there was no chance they'd knock off the top team in the West, the favorites to win the Western Conference, because Chris Paul was there was going to lead the ship as he tries to get back his sea legs from being hurt with that hand injury since the All-Star break. And then the Thunder Thunder. 
this team continues to fight every game. They play with energy and effort every game. And it's simply like Olivier said after the game, a job interview for these players every single contest. And the reason that you point that out is because it seems obvious that it's a job interview, but we've seen many teams in NBA history who get demoralized by losing, by tanking, by not putting out the best lineup, by playing out the string of the season. And those players were also, were also fighting for their careers in the NBA. And yet they still didn't persevere through the finish line. This Thunder team is doing that. And on one hand, it's great. On the other hand, for your draft you know, point of view, it's not great. But it comes back to the burning question, what more can the Thunder do? And you look at this game overview for this game. The Suns were without Frank Kaminsky, Dario Saric, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder. The Thunder did not play Trey Mann, did not play Kenny Hustle, did not play SGA, did not play Josh Giddy, did not play Lou Dort, did not play Darius Baisley, did not play Derek Favors, did not play Ty Jerome, and did not play Mike Muscala. Their starting lineup was Tam Albon, Bud Critchy, Aaron Wiggins, Pokashevsky, and Isaiah Roby. Going up against Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, Cameron Johnson, Michael Bridges, Javel McGee. And yet, they were able to win, and not only win, they were able to grow a 22-point lead and win 117-96. to You just have to throw your hands up and wonder what more can Sam Presti do to tank. That's why, again, like I said last week, I, I never want to hear the worries or the fears of, well, if they tank next season, then they create a bad culture, and then everything spirals, and then they don't know how to win whenever they get good players, and it just turns into the Kings. Until we have any semblance of a tangible reason to worry about that, I'm not going to worry. Because everything from the Thunder's past and present suggests they have an amazing culture and they're doing the proper things to continue to enforce an amazing culture while tanking. So I don't worry about their future in the sense of their culture. I worry about their future in the sense of draft, lottery, odds. And look, it's all random. It's all a ping pong ball in this world, which is you know kind of correlating to life. I and mean, we're all just, in a way, ping pong balls, right? Floating through the air and Whoever gets picked to get the promotion, get the next job, I mean, you win. But you want to put yourself in the best chance to get picked. And you could go bottom three, right? You you could have tie for the best odds at number one overall pick, and then somebody leaps up and gets you. That could happen. But that doesn't change how you should feel right now. You can't bank on something happening that's so uncharacteristic, or again, just the odds suggest won't happen. At the end of the day, nobody can control the lottery odds besides Adam Silver and besides whoever's spinning the ping pong ball bingo charity thing, which I think is actually like a, like a tube that you throw in there. Like it's like an air pressurized thing and then it spits out a ball, whatever. No one can control the combination of balls and numbers and codes that will lead to the top four pick but you can put yourself in a better spot to get those. And, and the Thunder did that against the Pistons, and then they end up beating the Suns by getting up 22 points. The Suns only led by 12. There's only three lead changes, and only two times this game was tied. The Thunder went 117-96. to 96. 
Thunder win the rebounding edge 54 to 33, which is embarrassing for the Suns considering that the Thunder uh, are a very, very small team, but they're a good rebounding team despite their lack of size. OKC wins the assist battle 33 to 22. The Thunder turn the ball over five more times than the Suns and still blow them out. The Thunder win points uh, off turnovers 26 to 12, despite having five more turnovers. The Thunder had two uh, fewer points in the paint, but you know it was kind of neck and neck there. They had one more uh, second chance point. They won fast break points nine to five. Their bench outscores the Suns 52 to 36. The, the Suns had four players in double figures. However, the Thunder had seven players to record double digit points and one player with nine. The Thunder shot 49% from the floor, 41% from three, and 77% from the line. The Spurs shot 41% from the floor, 18% from three, and 68% from the line. Bogoshevsky gets a triple-double. Olivier Saar uh, logs five three-pointers made in this game. Wiggins was nice. Jeremiah Robinson Earl uh, again had a game where he showed flashes. And this is a game that you look back on at the end of the year and if the lottery odds don't go in your favor, it's a game where you point to as say, hey, that's that's part of the reason why we didn't put ourselves in a great position is because we ended up beating the Suns. But there were still a lot of positives that come out of this game, like the Poku triple-double, like the reaction to the Poku triple-double after the game where you know, Baisley and Shea and everybody's grabbing the water, dunking it on uh, uh, Alexei Pokushevsky. You know, that's part of the team-building aspect as well. And so it's a tough balancing act. And as I've always said, Tanking is done by Sam Presti. It's not done by the players or the coaching staff. It's completely controlled by roster construction. Once the ball is tipped and there you are, it is just the competitive juices take over and you want to go win every game that you possibly can. And they're able to win this game against the Suns. Now they have a week ahead that will define where they end up. I still think that they're going to be pretty well locked into four, but their home finale tomorrow will go a long way in deciding uh, where this team ends up. We're going to talk about that, the upcoming schedule, where they sit right now in terms of percentage points and odds to get the top overall pick and all that good stuff, as well as deep dive into Poku's uh, triple-double and SARS Moses Brown game. And I'll explain what I mean by that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off of your next order. Folks, it's incredible to try Built Bar. They are amazing. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. But remember, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. You can pair that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. They also have Built Puffs, which is like a marshmallowy treat. It's fluffy. It's awesome at Built Bar. And the, and the big thing for me about Built Bar is that while they're low-calorie, high-protein, they're great for you as a pre-workout or post-workout meal, even as a meal replacement or even a snack. They're great for all those factors of life. They're the healthy option, and also they have so many options. Oftentimes, when you're trying to eat healthier and trying to do the right thing, you're limiting, you're limiting yourself in terms of options and flavors, not at Pilt Bar. They have a million different flavors. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream option, both white chocolate and normal cookies and cream, but they also have... Coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, double chocolate brownie. They have coconut brownie chunk, which is incredible. Everybody swears by that one, but my favorite is cookies and cream. I also love the uh, the coconut brownie chunk, but my favorite is cookies and cream at Built Bar. I go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order at Built.com.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's dive into this game and Alexei Pokoshevsky and the way that he was able to record this triple-double of 17 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, a steal, a block. What does this mean for him moving forward? What does this mean for the Thunder moving forward? It's awesome, right? He had the six turnovers, had the five fouls, but he's playing more of that point guard role in this configuration of this roster. Shoots 50% from the floor, 60% from three, and really didn't take over this game until the second half. He struggled in the first half, and, and so whenever you limit yourself to a half of basketball and you still produce 17 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists on good efficiency, that is a beacon of light, right? And even the six turnovers. While he was playing that point guard role and while part of the you know, part of the upside, part of the potential, part of the reason for hope about Pokashevsky is his playmaking and ball handling at uh, seven feet tall, he's not going to be the primary point guard when this roster is is put together, right? He's not going to be put in that high usage on ball roll a ton. It's going to just be a part of his mix. And if his mix at seven feet tall is a nice shooter from deep, an elite playmaking dribbler off the bench that has good vision and makes nice passes and can limit these turnovers, then you start to wonder what his ceiling can be. I understand a lot of people have soured on Pokashevsky. I mean, he does make a lot of bloopers, but I feel like this year in general, it's been a massive step forward. And remember at the start of the year, I, I said that I don't expect a step forward from Boku until year two to three. And he's made a step forward in, in year one to two, which is good. I, I think that now he plays much more under control, which at times seems laughable. But if you go back and watch last year, he is playing more under control. He is making uh, more conscious NBA decisions and, and, and more better IQ decisions in terms of basketball. And so I like that from Pokashevsky a lot. Does he still have unicorn all-star potential? Um, you know, sure, because he's still so young. Obviously, though, that's his tippity-top ceiling to be a Kristaps Porzingis type that has better vision and playmaking. That's his ceiling. But the majority of NBA players do not reach their ceiling, much less the tippity-top of it, which that would be for Pokashevsky. However, I would say that entering the draft and after he was drafted, and even at times last year, his floor was out of the NBA, not an NBA player at all. You move on from him like Dragon Bender, and it's just over with, right? His NBA career is done. And I feel more comfortable after this season of basketball, especially with my my expectations for his leap from year two to three, being that he's raised his floor enough to be considered one of the quality NBA players in the league where he's always in a 10-man rotation for the regular season, 11-man rotation for the regular season, always on an NBA roster, 
moving forward, right? And so you think about that, and that's a pretty significant leap for a 19-year-old to make, 20-year-old to make, coming over from the second division in Greece, coming coming to the NBA last year whenever many expected him to be a year or two away. I mean, Fran Fraschilla, who I respect greatly in terms of scouting international talent, always said that, you know, Poku's two years away from being two years away. And he was able to come to the NBA and improve his game, which is great. And again, while he has not gotten closer to his tippity-top ceiling, he has eliminated his, his bottoming out floor, which is progress in and of itself. Now, in order for that ceiling to still stay as high as it is right now, he'll need to get closer to that this offseason. We need to see flashes of that in the summer league and the start of the next season. But as of right now, he's kept that ceiling there by showing you little bits and pieces and flashes while also raising his floor, which I think is, all things considered, the best start to his career you could have ever imagined. I mean, I, I think that there's not many more ways for this to have gotten better for Poku, despite the bloopers, despite you know, despite the funny memes and plays and Shaq in a fool highlights, right? Despite all of that, and despite his efficiency last year, I think that he's made clear strides as an NBA player, which nobody truly expected from him in his first two seasons. I mean, again, he's going over from that lower division in Greece, and he's not, he's really not supposed to be here right now. Many players, you know, can say that, but Poku can truly say that. And that's the bottom line. So the, the, the triple double was good in the sense of, giving him a milestone, an accomplishment, a a way to have this conversation, right? A launching point for his improvement. But in the totality of it, while it is nice to have triple-doubles, while it is cool to uh, log one yourself, his first ever career triple-double, the, the broader point to me is that he has not eliminated his ceiling yet, and he's also raised his floor. And, and that for year two of Poku, you couldn't have asked for a better a better outcome in his career so far. I know that we want that instant gratification. We want him to be that unicorn all-star right out of the gate, but you have to remember the expectation at the time and how far he's come from that point. And Olivier Saar made five threes. And he said after the game that every game is a job interview. Uh, he made five threes, only missed one attempt. He said they just went in tonight. That's what Olivier Saar said after the game. Now, Mark said that we encourage him to take those shots. And so obviously they feel comfortable trying to make him a stretch five. Six rebounds, an assist, two blocks, two turnovers, three fouls, and 24 points. He shot 75% from the floor. And while this is great for him to shoot 75% from the floor, miss one three and, and make five of them and score 24 points. And again, from a personal level, you can always look back on this game and say, I did that in an NBA, in an NBA game. For as long as, as Olivier Saar can tell his story, he's going to be able to tell anyone who will listen that in an NBA game, he made five three-pointers which is an elite club to be in when you really think about the, the grand scheme of life and, and how many players play basketball in general and then make to the NBA and then in the NBA and accomplish something so awesome like that. But I just would caution everybody from a business perspective, from a evaluating player's perspective, not to get lost in this game. Welcome to your Moses Brown game from Olivier Saar. Remember Moses Brown's you know 2020 game and everybody starts freaking out and crowning him as the center of the future. And after this game, I saw a few comments, although a select few, uh, that said that, you know, Sam Presti better not let him walk out the building, like sign him to an NBA deal. This is, an, this is a Moses Brown game. It's a tanking game where somebody had to produce, and the shots just so happened to go in tonight. You could have very easily missed all the shots. That's why shooting is so fickle, especially whenever you're a player like Olivier Saar. And most NBA players can't shoot. Like they can shoot like this if given the sample size. And he finally had a night where they went in. 
He still lacks true mobility. He still lacks you know, hands to smoothly catch the ball, and it ruins many pick-and-roll opportunities. He, I, I don't think, is a legitimate three-point shooter, in my opinion. He's a nice one, but not a, not good enough to eliminate all these bad traits like his uh, uh, bad defense. Those are just all these examples why he is not an NBA player right now. Now, granted, he's a 23-year-old. He'll have all of this offseason to improve. I would imagine he ha- he at least has bought himself in this final stretch of the year. He's at least bought himself a ticket to summer league where somebody, if not the Thunder, will bring him on their summer league roster and will uh, you know, kind of take him to Vegas and see what he can do in that setting. But I just don't think you should be overly optimistic about his NBA future. The, the Thunder have to make a ton of roster changes and they have to overturn this NBA roster with these future first-round picks coming in in the future years and also three first-round picks coming in this year with a second-round pick involved as well. Eventually, they're going to consolidate those picks into probably two or three from four, but still, if they picked all four, that's four roster spots you need to now make on the team. And we saw last year with Wiggins where you can draft a player in the second round and put them on a two-way deal. And right now, the Thunder only have one two-way deal available. While two-way deals are easy to break, they did sign Lindy Waters to a two-year two-way deal, which locks up one of their two two-way slots. So I don't know if Olivier Sartre, 23 years old, will occupy that second one next year whenever you factor in your draft picks and you factor in the undrafted pool. The Thunder are always keen on undrafted players like Lou Dort in the past, and, and this year should be no different. So I wonder if Sar gets passed by after this year and lands with the blue or lands with another team on a two-way deal or however that shakes out for him. But I don't necessarily see it being in the NBA uh, just because of this sample size we're seeing after the you know second half of the year where you're you know you're tanking more and somebody just has to be able to produce. And it was Olivier Sar taking advantage of that usage tonight, and it could be somebody else tomorrow. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson, a really good game. We're going to talk about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. I love Bet Online. You should too. Bet Online is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info from all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters competition, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all things sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So go to their website today or even use your mobile device and see more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. And folks, tonight is the championship game for the NCAA tournament. And the Kansas Jayhawks have arrived there, as I told you they would before the weekend started. We can go to basketball. We can go to NCAA. And we can bet on this game tonight. Kansas is a four-point favorite in this game. I'll go ahead and bet Kansas uh, minus four in this one. Uh, I am I am calling the Jayhawks to win this game. The tournament most uh, most outstanding player, I think, will be either Akai Abaji or Remy Martin, who has great value right now at plus 900. But obviously, Akbaji is the favorite at plus uh, 110, so I'd bet that as well. Most three-pointers made between Caleb Love, Caleb Love and Akai Abaji. I'd go Akai Abaji in that one as well, plus 100. And then total players to foul out, over, under, one and a half. I'm going to go with over in that one which is minus 250. But if you think that the refs are going to let him play, you can get plus 70 odds on that one. Total times Roy Williams has, Roy Williams has shown over two and a half is my bet. And that's minus 150. But obviously they're going to show Roy Williams a ton because of his ties to North Carolina, obviously, and to Kansas. So he's going to have a camera on him pretty much the whole game. And it will absolutely be exhausting, but you can win some money on it at Bet Online. So make sure you go check them out. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast. The Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On NBA podcast. It is incredible. It covers every NBA action Monday through Friday in storyline in under 30 minutes. Make sure you tune in for the national perspective, especially as the playoffs begin on the national stage. Make sure you're listening to Locked NBA for all the recaps and storylines that come from the playoffs. You know there'll be plenty of storylines. Also, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. It's incredible. You can listen to it every single morning after the games are over. They're going to recap every single game, including me recapping the Thunder game in about a minute or so. So they whiz by all the games and you know what's happened uh, from the night before because we know it's impossible to watch every NBA game from the night before. Now let's continue talking about this game against the Suns, where Jeremiah Robertson Earl did play well, showed flashes, 14 points, five rebounds, a turnover, no fouls defensively, which is great. He's playing that power forward more, which helps as well. Next to Olivier Saar, three for four from three, five for six from the floor. Jeremiah Robertson Earl is a versatile four or five that can stretch the floor and pass very well, in my opinion, makes him such a valuable rotational piece, and it was shown in this game. Nice games from Roby, had 11, Vitt had 11, T.L. Malvin had an inefficient 9, and 10 points on two threes from Lindy Waters. Really good for uh, for the Thunder there. My Moneyball pick with who will lead the Thunder in three-pointers made was uh, Lindy Waters, but obviously Olivier Saar knocked down five, and that did not come to fruition. The MVP is Poku because obviously Poku recorded his first triple-double, and so that's obviously great in his own right to win MVP for this game. Now, tanking watch. Huge L versus Detroit gave OKC the three spot for a moment, but now OKC is half a game back of Detroit for the third uh, seed on, on Tankathon. OKC is three and seven in their last 10 games. Detroit has won three straight and they're five and five. The Thunder upcoming schedule tomorrow against Portland will decide if the Thunder have any chance heading into the weekend. If you, if you beat Portland, you're at four pretty much. And that's just, that's the, that's just that. Uh, then they have a back-to-back with Utah after Portland, which will be great for a loss because Utah needs it for standings and also the Thunder on a back-to-back. And then you play the Lakers and Clippers. I do worry about the Lakers. The Lakers just look lifeless right now. And at that time, they even could be eliminated from the play-in. Like, it's it's getting terrible for the Lakers. It's been terrible for the Lakers, but I never would have thought that they'd be nearly eliminated by the time the Thunder played them from the playoff contention in general, much less being a spot for uh, the play-in in a uh, – Ugh, that's rough. That is just rough for the Lakers. And then the Clippers, the Clippers are moving on up to the eighth seed right now. And it looks like they're going to just kind of be locked into the eighth seed and just be there, just locked themselves into that spot. So will they really care about that game? Are they going to, you know, bench Paul George and, and uh, 
move on into the plan later on that week. I believe the plan starts what Tuesday and that game's on Sunday at, at eight 30. Yeah. I think that they might just rest players. So the LA games get way dicier uh, than they should be, uh, but hopefully, you know, a strong case can be made for tomorrow to lose against Portland, but we saw how hard it is to beat Portland the last time that, that uh, those two teams faced off last week. So a lot on the line this week that will be decided. And we've got a loaded schedule for reading the Lockdown Thunder podcast tomorrow. We're going to have stock watch who's rising, who's falling in the NBA draft and with the Thunder for this season. Wednesday, we're going to recap the Portland game. Thursday, recap the Jazz game. And then Friday, Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter will have a deep dive profile on uh, Jaden Ivey as well as recap the Final Four in the national title. So stay tuned and subscribe for free across all platforms. Every platform is free. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to Lockdown Thunder on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.